Just a note before we start. Our show talks about touchy subjects that may be difficult for some of our listeners. Take care of yourself. If you feel you need to seek help, see the links at the end of our show notes for resources. Welcome to Touchy Subjects, the podcast that aims to make those awkward conversations around domestic and sexual violence just a little less awkward. I'm Sean. And I'm Allie. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing stalking. So you may have noticed there's only two of us on today's podcast, um, and that is for a reason. Um, unfortunately, Sierra, our wonderful um, co-host, has uh, has left and found a new wonderful position um, that is great for for her and her for for her career goals. Um, and so, for right now, Sean and I are at the helm, <laughs> and um, we will be your two co-hosts um, until February, right, Sean? Yeah. So Sierra's a traitor, and she left us. Um, but <laughs> hopefully, you we forgive my- her though. Hopefully you enjoy mine and Allie's voices because you're only going to be hearing our voices for the basically duration until about mid-February where we can get our new co-host in. But um, until then, you're stuck with us, so sorry about your luck. So um, we do have a new co-host coming on. Um, she was Sierra's uh, co-worker um, while Sierra was still in the position that allowed her to do this podcast. Um, and we're really excited to work with her. And um, we think that you guys will really uh, enjoy her input and uh, her knowledge as well. Yeah. So jumping right in then, like I said, we are going to be talking about stalking today because January is Stalking Awareness Month, which sometimes tends to get overlooked a bit just because it's also Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So we figured since we last January we talked about human trafficking and we talked about a little bit of human trafficking later in the year last year, that now would be a good time for us to do an episode on stalking. Right. So we haven't done any episodes on stalking yet, um, but stalking, the issue of stalking is something that all of our agencies address service-wise. You've heard us talk about, you know, how we um, serve victims of domestic and sexual violence, Um, but we also serve victims of stalking and human trafficking. Um, These issues are all interrelated, and so um, we really wanted to shed light on it today and make sure that we all have a really great basic understanding of what stalking is and how it looks. Yeah. So when we think about stalking, we probably have like a TV movie idea of stalking where someone's like hiding in their like hiding in some bushes or like looking through someone's window or following somebody late at night. And yeah, stalking can look that way. But when we're thinking about like a definition though of stalking, really that definition is just going to be an act or crime of willfully or repeatedly following or harassing another person in circumstances that would make them kind of fearful. And if that sounds really vague in general, it's because it is. Because stalking can take on a lot of different forms. Right. You know, Sean, you mentioned like the the traditional, I don't want to say traditional, maybe the general vision of stalking, right? And again, this harkens back to what media shows us. And media shows us that stalking is a person, usually a man, in the bushes waiting for a usually woman to, um, you know, undress in a window or, you know, leave their house or something like that. Um, And while, again, that absolutely can be true, there's a lot of different ways that stalking 
um, shows up in victims' lives, especially with technology. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we're going to talk about today is how technology affects the act, the act of stalking and for survivors themselves. And speaking to like media a little bit is like, I'm sure we've seen like the American Pie movies or just like movies where like you said, Allie, like someone's looking through their window while like hoping to see them undress or like they pull at the telescope and are looking like across like the street to like look at someone and like, well, yes, that certainly is stalking behavior. Stalking looks really different in every situation because mm-hmm. like you mentioned with cyber stalking or stalking somebody online they don't even need to physically be in the vicinity of that person to be stalking them yeah Uh, you know one of the important things about stalking and you know we haven't talked much about sexual harassment on this podcast and I think that that deserves its own episode um, because that's kind of another issue that is vague it's vague in its definition um but with stalking just as with sexual harassment is it's not about the intent of the action it's about the impact right so um you know i was i i've been binge watching new girl uh lately new girl uh is one of my favorite <laughs> shows i watched it in college a ton um and there was an episode where uh in season i think it was season 4 or 5 something like that where just is very upset because her ex-boyfriend Sam has taken out a restraining order against her. And I was really peeved by this episode because it was clear that the show wanted to make it look like Jess was in the right to keep pursuing Sam, even though he'd taken this restraining order out against her. But I think also that that's a really good example of how stalking can be misinterpreted right so like Jess had really good intent right she just doesn't like it when when people don't um you know when they don't like her and she kept thinking about Sam and she had these feelings for him and so she was justifying her actions by that however Sam on the other end had taken action against her the the intent for her was innocuous the impact on him was different, right? And so that's what we need to be thinking about with stalking. And to make it clear, stalking is another issue all about power and control, just like domestic violence, just like sexual assault, right? So we're talking about power and control. Who is trying to take power? Who's trying to to take control from somebody else? Um, and who is interpreting that? Who who it's, it's affecting? Yeah, and... Often, like in that situation in New Girl, is we pass off stalking a lot of times, especially in media, as symbolic of that person's love or they're caring for that person. So another great example is a Netflix series that I am sure a lot of our listeners might be familiar with is You. Your main character stalks every woman that he is romantically interested or involved in. Yet in his mind, he is passing it off as it is because I love this person that I am doing X, Y, or Z. He's not seeing the problems with what he's doing. He's justifying his behaviors and his actions because he wants to maintain some kind of power over his victims. So when we look at stalking, we have to think about it from the perspective of the person who is being stalked is if they feel uncomfortable by what they're experiencing, if they feel harassed, if they feel threatened or scared, 
that's stalking. It doesn't matter what the intent of the person doing the stalking believes that they were doing. It doesn't matter if, for example, my girlfriend just is having a really rough couple days and I can't get a hold of her, so I drive past her house to see where she's at to see if she is home. If I keep constantly texting her saying, hey, where are you at? Hey, what are you doing? Those are stalking behaviors. Even if she's my romantic partner, I'm choosing to do those things. Sure, maybe in my mind out of the fact that I care for this person, but because she is not giving me that attention, I am trying to exert some kind of power then or control then to make sure that she gives me some attention or at least I can figure out what she's doing or where she's at. Yeah. Well, and just as with other issues that we've talked about, you know, stalking is about power and control, but it's also a pattern, right? So, um, you know, that one time if, if, and I obviously don't mean to insinuate that Sean is exhibiting any type of stalking behaviors with his uh, romantic partner. However, he introduced this. So let's just keep going with it. Some kind of example. And it was just easier. I get you. I get you. All right. So say Sean did that. Say he drove past his um, his partner's house one time. Right. And it was addressed after that one time. You know, his partner said, listen, that was weird. I didn't like that. You don't need to be coming by my house unannounced. And Sean respected that. Cool. Great. We've talked about that with boundaries before. Right. A lot of these things can be mitigated before they get to a point. And that's not to blame victims if they don't do that. But I'm trying to say that that this um, this issue of stalking is is going to be over and over again. It's going to happen in a pattern. Um, and most likely it's going to escalate just like domestic and sexual violence. will. Um, it's going to escalate over time. Yeah. And that pattern of behavior is generally then where people are able to get those PPOs or restraining or no contact orders from those, from their intimate partners, from these people who are stalking them or harassing them. That's generally where they're able to get those PPOs because they're able to prove a pattern of harassment or a pattern of stalking that would make that person fearful, or you could understand how that would make that person fearful or uncomfortable. So again, like Ali said, like if it's a one-time thing and it's really, and I can express like, Hey, I was worried about you. Like I wanted to make sure like you were okay. Like nothing bad happened. And then that never happens again. Like we have the discussion, then it's okay. Like we've addressed it. We've, been able to take the unhealthy behavior, go back to having that healthy relationship. Because again, right. we are all perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And we're, we've been very clear about that. You know, in, in talking about these really touchy subjects, um, we know that we, we've used ourselves as examples before. We know that humans make mistakes. We're not perfect. Um, everybody out there is not perfect. Even if you've never done some of these behaviors or think you've done some of these behaviors, it's good to know and to keep in mind, like, if am, am I crossing boundaries? Am I doing it repeatedly? Um, and that sort of thing. Now, the other thing to note is obviously we are based in Michigan, but stalking laws vary from state to state, just like domestic and sexual violence. And they vary from agency to agency, um, depending on who's dealing with them, you know? So if you are attending a domestic violence, sexual assault shelter, you know, a service agency, like the ones we work at, 
our agency definitions will be different than, say, the legal state of Michigan definitions of stalking, domestic violence, and sexual assault. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind. However, every experience is valid. If you feel that your boundaries have been violated by somebody, if you feel that your safety is threatened because somebody is repeatedly harassing you, that's valid, right? That is stalking. And you can receive help for that, right? And we want to be able to give the education for you to know, like, this isn't my fault, right? Um, I've set my boundaries, or even if you haven't set your boundaries, you don't deserve for anybody to be inserting themselves into your life unnecessarily. And rant. <laughs> well, and we also talk about like healthy relationships and stuff. We often allude to stalking behaviors without really kind of saying that those are stalking behaviors. Because, like, the partner who is constantly calling or texting to check up on their partner, that's stalking behavior. Because they're constantly making sure or trying to figure out where their partner is at, what they're doing. And, yeah, maybe they don't physically show up where they're at, but just trying to keep those constant tabs on their partner is stalking behavior. And the problem is that we don't necessarily recognize some of these things as stalking, which, one, allows people to get away with them. But, two... When we aren't recognizing certain behaviors as stalking and we pass those behaviors off as love, we are actively allowing then unhealthy behaviors to permeate into our own relationships because we'll say things like, oh, they're doing that because they love me or because they care about me. Or if my partner doesn't do this or like they don't try to go through my phone, maybe they just don't like me or care about me as much to check on those things. It's gotten to the point where we allow for unhealthy behaviors to take place early in relationships because those are going to be earlier signs of an unhealthy relationship to where by the time we recognize them, we're probably already being berated or put down by our partners, or maybe it's escalated to that physical harm. And also if we're allowing for relationships to happen where we have those like stalking behaviors take place when the relationship ends, the partner that we have broken up with or the relationship that we have ended with that person may still think it's okay to do some of those things to us to maintain that contact or try to maintain that contact. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about um, in domestic violence relationships uh, particularly that, you know, leaving a, an abusive relationship is the most dangerous time for a survivor. And um, a lot of that is because of this overlap in behaviors from the abusive partner. Um, so say a survivor leaves an abusive relationship, what happens next generally is that the abusive partner feels a loss of control and they'll do anything they can to regain that control, including some of these behaviors that we would classify as stalking. And I think I want to kind of backtrack a little bit, Sean, because I'm not sure that we've clearly defined what some of those behaviors are. Um, and so I'd like to kind of list those because um, just as with every other issue that we talk about, there's a lot of misconceptions about stalking too. So for example, um, stalking behavior, it can take many forms, but one example is um, making threats against somebody, uh, making threats against their family, um, their friends, their livelihood. Um, and this can happen in any form. You know, it can be in person, it can be over text, email, um, it can be even 
you know, for a lot of um, stalking victims, it can be a symbol, like knowing that somebody was at their house without words being said, right? Um, And that's a threatening behavior. It can also be non-consensual communication. So, you know, we've kind of referenced this, but this could be repeatedly, you know, texting somebody, calling their phone, emailing them, sending them gifts, um, you know, letters, whatever, basically anything that is not wanted, um, but shows up anyways. And in our age of technology, this is a huge one, especially with texts, phone calls, messengers, FaceTime, blah, 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 blah. I'd also jump in here really quick. Unwanted text messages or like stuff like that also includes like receiving unwanted dick pics. Oh, for sure. Like those are like, they, if you receive one, like, I don't want, like, I don't want that stuff. Like, why would you send that? And they keep doing it. That's stalking behavior. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. On top of, like, sexual harassment and everything else. But <laughs> Right. Yeah, using, um, uh, you know, sexually explicit images um, or language is absolutely part of stalking behavior. Um, now, another behavior is repeated um, closeness. So this can be physical closeness, you know, like showing up where, uh, you know, where a stalking victim works, where they live at the mall, you know, wherever they are, um, or visual, you know, like if, if they're just seeing that person, you know, t- keeping an eye on them in their neighborhood or, um, you know, watching them across the hall at work, that sort of thing. Um, so closeness doesn't necessarily have to be within a certain, you know, it's not like within six feet of distance, but any kind of, uh, you know, physical closeness that makes you feel like this is intentional and this is threatening. Um, and, and the other one is any other behavior that's used to, you know, contact, harass, um, track somebody, threaten somebody, basically kind of just this wide net of anything that makes somebody feel threatened. Um, and we live in a very, uh, connected world with a lot of different avenues for communication. And so I think that all of you are smart enough that you can imagine what some of those things look like. And I'd point out in here as well that, like Ali said earlier, stalking laws are going to be different in every state. Um, in the state of Michigan, you just need two incidents of harassment. So those two incidences could be two phone calls, two texts, two voicemails, to social media messages, to eyewitness accounts, or any combination of those two. As long as you can prove to a judge that person's harassing you, you're able to apply for that PPO or no contact order from that person. Like like I said, it varies from state to state, but look up your state stalking laws. You might be surprised that the bar that has been set for stalking is relatively low, which is good. Right. Because by having that lower bar like two incidences that's relatively easy to be able to find and prove which then helps you be able to get that ppo and agencies like ours and agencies across the country have dedicated staff to help you be able to go through that ppo process because you might be thinking well i have no idea how to even apply for that or go through those steps we have staff who would be more than willing and able to be able to help you get through that process yeah you know, and um, kind of switching gears to talking about being victimized by acts of stalking. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking at some behaviors that you're receiving um, from another individual and you're wondering whether or not it, it constitutes stalking, right? There's some things to keep in mind, right? Do you feel afraid? 
Do you feel stressed? Do you feel anxious about this situation? Um, and can you prove that, yes, you have um, you have made it clear to them that you do not want contact and they continue to violate that that boundary? Um, and if that's so, then you absolutely have the right to seek help like from an agency like ours um, to seek legal action. Um, and what we would suggest is to make sure that you um, you keep receipts, right? have the receipts, make sure that you keep uh, evidence that, you know, if they text you that you've said, do not contact me. Um, If they call you that you can screenshot those call logs, any of that evidence will be helpful um, in a legal, in any legal proceedings. I think one last thing that we need to really kind of mention here is that the jokes that I am sure we have all heard, like amongst our friend groups, I am sure we have made those jokes because I know I certainly have is that like when we like Facebook stalk someone or like Instagram stalk somebody like the difference here is there's a difference between looking somebody up on social media and looking somebody up on social media with the intent of you trying to figure out like where they're at what they're doing and stuff like that it's like if I'm looking if I go on my if I pull my phone out right now and I look up my friend's Facebook page and just like looking through their posts and stuff I'm like i'm not stalking my friend now if i'm going through there and like seeing like okay so my friend at two o'clock today was at this place so if i go there they might still be there right now like that's then moving it on to like the next step or like moving it into stalking territory because we have all looked up people online especially in an age where a lot of us are using dating apps to try and like find a partner and stuff like you're going to look up that person on social media to see if they're kind of like posting stuff that you agree or disagree with so you're like well I don't really want to go on a date with that person now if you're using that again to then look them up on Facebook or like social media to then show up where they are and especially if they unmatch with you on like Tinder or Bumble and then you try to find them to like bump into them to like start a conversation up or be like, hey, like we matched on Tinder. It was like, hey, I saw you on Tinder, but we didn't match, but I wanted to send a message here. That's creepy. <laughs> right, right. That's too far. That's way too far. You took that in a very specific direction, which I appreciate because <laughs> I would not have taken it that specifically, but that's for sure true. Um, you know, and this like this, we talk about language so much on this show and how much language matters. And if, you know, if we are advocates for things like not, uh, you know, using language powerfully and not saying, oh, you know, I just got raped by that, um, you know, by that history test, you know, like if we're like condemning that and we're saying, hey, that's not cool because spoiler alert, that's not cool. And that completely contributes to rape culture. Um, then we need to be saying that it's not okay to say, oh, I'm going to Facebook stalk somebody because stalking is a very serious offense. And I, and I didn't mean to laugh with that, but it, it can be deadly. Um, and we haven't really conveyed that seriousness here, but I want our listeners to realize that when you cavalierly, when you say with cavalierness, when you, when you are cavalier, when you say, Facebook stalking or go ahead, Sean. Oh, no, I'm just, just like, I'm going to leave all that in. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Because guess what? I'm human. And sometimes I don't know what I'm saying. 
But anyways, if you say in a cavalier manner, Facebook or Instagram stalking, that's part of the problem. You're normalizing some of these behaviors that are clearly not only boundary crossing, but illegal and sometimes deadly. There are so, so many instances of victims of stalking being murdered by their stalkers. It happens, right? And not we don't even have to go that far because... Even if victims aren't, you know, if even if their lives aren't in danger, there are serious traumatic effects from being a victim of stalking. So I, I just want to make it clear that this is not something to joke about. Um, stalking, sexual violence, harassment of any kind, violating other people's boundaries is not funny. It's not funny. It's not cool. It's not slang. It's not part of our vocabulary. It shouldn't be, in my opinion. And hopefully we've conveyed this other point as well, this episode, is that when we think of stalking, we're often, like I said at the start, thinking about that strange, random person who we don't know following someone else. And while, yes, that might happen sometimes, that's not what's happening vast majority of stalking cases. A vast majority of the time, somebody is going to be stalked by somebody that they know and specifically probably somebody who they who was their intimate partner or at some point had a romantic interest. So it's not a bunch of random people who are stalking people. It's, again, like every other instance, domestic violence, sexual assault. It is somebody the person knew prior to the stalking happening prior to the sexual assault happening prior to a domestic violence situation happening a lot of people know their perpetrators prior and it's a myth that is across the board with everything that we talk about we are fearful of strangers because we have been taught growing up to be afraid of strangers and while yes it is nice to keep yourself safe from strangers the people that you know are the ones who are the most likely ones to do you harm. Yeah. You know, this is an important topic, just as every other topic we talk about, we think is incredibly valuable. And I'm glad that there is an awareness month for it. Um, So January is Stalking Awareness Month. You can do your own research. um, But I do want to point out, um, you know, as our future co-host has told us, you know, we were doing research for this show and and she she mentioned to us that when, you know, you put in like stalking 101 in Google to try to gain information about the act of stalking, shockingly, what comes up is a lot of how to guides on stalking. And that's gross. That's real gross. And um, I think that that says a lot about our technology. It says a lot about our culture right now. And it. it it says a lot about how um, little we we really think of these very serious subjects as a as a society. So um, be mindful. You can do your research. Ask us if you have questions. Um, but we definitely wanted to shed light on this really really crucial issue um, in a timely manner since it is January. So thank you all for listening today. If you want any more information on stalking or just want to kind of like look some stuff up or if you yourself or you know somebody who has been a victim of stalking, um, look up the 
the National Center of Victims of Crime. They have a lot of great information on stalking there, and they have a helpline. The helpline number is one 855 victim So if you can call that line, they have information and can provide you information there. Um, we'll also have like links to those things posted in our show notes. As well as, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at TouchySubsPod, to keep up to date with everything we have going on, and just information that we post out regularly. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email them to TouchySubjectsPodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, don't be afraid to challenge, ask, and discuss when it comes to touchy subjects.